Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. And shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We're starting a worship series of questions to God. As we gather for this Ash Wednesday and we begin our Lenten time, we're going to be looking at at different questions, questions like, who is God? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why did Jesus have to die? And today we begin with living with questions and doubts. You know, some folks have been told that doubts and questions should actually cause them to be ashamed. That doubts and questions are a sign of weak faith or of lack of faith. But scripture paints a very different picture. Isaiah, one of the greatest prophets in scripture, began his ministry not with certainty, but with doubt. Pretty robust doubt. (coughs) Isaiah had a vision of God. He said he had this vision and God was so high, so lofty, that the robes of God filled the entire temple. Think like the Idaho Center. That's just the hem of the robe of God. And there were seraphims flying around these things with six wings. And they were calling to one another. They were calling to one another, and would you join me in their holy words? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now that's a pretty impressive vision, I think, having a vision of God like that, and the seraphims flying around, but Isaiah's response was doubt. Isaiah said, woe is me! I am lost, for I am a man with unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah doubted that he could ever serve God as a prophet. He wasn't good enough. He wasn't holy enough. He wasn't pure enough. And then God responded with grace. God sent a seraph over to touch his lips with a coal and said this. Would you read these words with me? Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, here I am. Send me. That one who doubted. God's grace poured out. And then he was filled with faith. It is a pattern that happens over and over in scripture. People doubt. God responds with grace. And there is renewed faithfulness. It happened over and over when Moses 
was called to lead the people out of slavery, he doubted. He said, I can't. I don't speak well enough. And out poured God's grace. And Moses led the people out of slavery. When Mary Magdalene found an empty tomb, she was filled with doubt. She, she doubted and she said to the gardener she ran into, she says, what have you done with him? Where have you taken the body of Jesus? And God's grace was poured out as he spoke her name, Mary. And then she went out and proclaimed the resurrection. I think that I think that questions and doubts are actually an essential part of our spiritual journey. God is omnipotent, and we are not. God is all-knowing, but our capacity to observe God well, frankly, is compromised. Our ability to understand God well is not so good. And so healthy, holy doubt. It's not about doubting. It's not that there's a problem with God, but it is recognizing that it is knowing what we don't know. It is knowing that we don't know. Knowing that we can never fully know. And God can work with that. When we're pretty certain, when we're pretty certain we've got God all figured out, God has a much harder time getting in there and working us towards growth. It is in times of doubt that God has the most success with us. In the gospel, Jesus is asked 187 questions. He answers eight, maybe. He himself asks 307. So it does imply that the questions are important and essential and that faithful living begins with doubts and with questions. But, of course, the problem is we only know what we know. Often we don't even know what we don't know. In my life, doubts have played have played an important role in my own growth. I grew up secular. I grew up in a family unchurched. My parents didn't go to church. My dad was a mathematician. And he thought that um, smart people followed science and others followed religion. <laughs> and I doubted. I wasn't so sure about this God not existing. I wasn't so sure about this God not mattering. And as a teenager, I went out exploring. I, you know, I guess I don't know if that's common ever for teenagers to go church hopping. <laughs> but I did because I was curious. I was exploring. I went to fundamentalist churches. I went to a Baptist church, did the altar call, checked out how that works. <laughs> and yet I was being given what felt like simple, simple answers to big questions. And then at 27, I had simultaneous tragedy in my life. My grandpa died. 
the first death in my life of someone I deeply loved, and my husband and my business failed, which is very frightening when you have small children. And I went to church, and Jesus got a hold of me. And I was baptized that Easter. And even as my faith was growing, so was a growing call to ministry. I took the confirmation name Mary Magdalene, the one who proclaimed the resurrection, the apostle to the apostles. Only two years later, I entered professional ministry. I earned a master's degree in pastoral studies. I climbed the ecclesial ladder. And while I was serving in lay ministry, there was a growing call to ordained ministry. But the church I was in didn't ordain women. They also didn't have enough ordained ministers, so they were doing more of ordaining deacons. And one day, everything kind of came to a head when there was a decision that had to be made between me with 15 years ministry experience, a master's degree, lay and female, and a deacon who'd been through a 12-month formation program and no ministry experience, and they chose the deacon. I had some questions for God at that point. <laughs> I, I said, really, Lord, why would you call me to a church that doesn't ordain women and then give me a call to ordained ministry. Why would you even call me to a church that doesn't value me and give me a call to ministry at all? <laughs> Reminds me of the story of St. Teresa of Avila. She's a 16th century um, mystic. She was brilliant, faithful, actually very influential. And there's a story that she was you know, faithfully following her call and running into, you know, problem after problem and opposition after opposition. And she's, you know, walking along and there's this pouring rainstorm and she falls down an embankment right into a mud puddle and she raises her fist to heaven and says, if this is how you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few. <laughs> That's how I was feeling. This is how you're treating me? But the truth is, my questions for God, like Teresa of Avila's, were more accusation than question. Accusations coming out of pain. I left ministry at that point. I thought, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to be secular. I'm going to have my Sundays back. I'm going to, you know, not work for justice, and now I'm just going to look out for myself. It's going to be great. Other people do it. I'm going to watch TV shows, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> I was doubting. I doubted God in a big way. And then came God's grace. That God watched over me in that desert time. God didn't stop calling either kept calling on me, kept nudging me, kept pushing me, until finally I did respond. And in that response, my faith was stronger. 
And my conviction to follow God's call deepened. Those questions and doubts, they are part of this pattern that happened over and over in Scripture and happened to me. We doubt. God's grace comes to us. And we have renewed faithfulness. Moses doubted. Mary Magdalene doubted. Isaiah doubted. There are so many more. Peter, Thomas, Paul, Ruth, Sarah, David, Teresa of Avila, John Wesley, Teresa of Calcutta. When we doubt, we are in pretty good company. And so this Lent, we're going to be exploring questions and doubts, questions about God, different questions each, each Sunday. And so as you begin your Lenten journey, think about what are your doubts? What are your questions, the deep, hard ones? Our questions, our doubts, they lead us to God. And that matters. Today we will receive ashes. And we will hear those holy ancient words, remember you are dust, and to dust you will return. It's a reminder that that this is not all there is. That there is so much more than just our own experience. That this life doesn't last forever, but that with God, we last forever. And so as we begin this Lenten season, remember that you belong to something so much bigger than what you can see. And your questions and your doubts will lead you there. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Mia Crossway. CUNY United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you things.